You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How's everyone doing, Botany? You guys good? You guys are, okay, awesome. Welcome online. It's cool to be here. Everything's falling apart. People are tripping over stuff. Man, the service was going great until about 20 seconds ago. Uh, we're so happy to be here, man. It's so good to see everybody. It's good to see so many smiling, happy faces. Welcome to our 9 a.m. service. Before I preach, I'll let you know that tonight we've got a mega prayer night happening. So at 5 p.m. tonight, uh, we have a mega prayer night. So the service tonight is changing f- uh, form and shape, and we're going to be praying and worshiping and seeking God. Uh, today, across our whole movement, uh, all of our Elam churches are praying tonight across our movement, across our nation, just for our nation and for God to move. Something powerful about a praying church, so I encourage you to come on out and be part of that. Welcome to the guests and visitors who are here with us too. It's so good to have you guys with us. Hope you enjoy your time here in our service. We're in the second part of a series we're doing called Blessed. Blessed, and we're exploring the Beatitudes. This Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus gives a sermon on the mount and he gives these amazing kingdom values about what it really looks like to be blessed and, and for God's blessing to be on your life. And so these are so countercultural and so kingdom orientated that they're really the opposite of what the world calls blessed. But my heart and our heart as a church is that we would all discover the blessed life that God has for us and what it means to truly be blessed. So uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to read the first couple of verses in that. Uh, If you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week because it was so good. But it says this, Matthew 5, starting on verse number 2, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this moment. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for your presence that's here. We thank you for Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit, your gift with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you're here, Lord, that you're moving. And we thank you, God, for the work of the Holy Spirit to bring us closer into the people that you called us to be. So, Lord, I pray, help us to live the kind of lives that are truly blessed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, we're going to explore the second part of that passage. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is a very odd passage. Like, I don't know about you, but when I think about blessing, I don't think about mourning and grieving. Like, like if I was writing this sermon, I'd be like, blessed are those who celebrate. Blessed are those who are happy. Blessed are those who are joyful and positive and full of life, for they shall be awesome. Like, That would be more like my interpretation of this. But when we read the Beatitudes, they kind of, if we don't understand them, they can kind of take a negative light or a negative slant when we read them, like blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn. It seems really, really counter, really down. But I want to encourage you that there's so much more in these than we understand. So what does it really mean by blessed are those who mourn? You know, if you go to the Amplified Bible, which we're going to do now, it helps us to understand a broader context to the words that Jesus is using here and what it means for our lives. It says this in the Amplified Version, verse number four. Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Wow. 
Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sin and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of their sin is lifted. The, the, the context of this blessing, is it's connected to our attitude towards sin and the comfort of God's amazing grace and forgiveness towards us. What, what, what's beautiful about these Beatitudes is there's a scaffolding going on. Last week, Bex preached about being poor in spirit and this, this idea that, man, we got to come to God knowing that we got nothing to offer Him. I'm poor of spirit. I've got nothing. And spiritually speaking, I'm spiritually bankrupt. I can't save myself. I'm not righteous on my own. So I need Jesus. And then the next layer on this is, blessed are those who mourn over their sin and repent and turn from it, for they shall receive God's grace and forgiveness and the comfort that comes with that. What he's saying is you come to Jesus poor in spirit and you get saved, but then you can't keep living the way you're living. We've got to turn from this thing. It's all about our response to this thing called sin. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. Like sin is a problem. We've all sinned, and I'm not some perfect person sitting up here preaching the Word of God. I'm just a sinner saved by God's grace. It's sin is this interesting thing. It's, it's um, everything we do that's outside of God's law and God's precepts for life. It's a transgression of God's law and our rebellion against Him. Sin includes a lot of things. It includes lying, cheating, stealing, foul language, drunkenness, adultery, lust, gossip, coveting, gluttony, greed, pride, arrogance, anger, manipulation, idolatry, dishonest gain, and that's just the front row. <laughs> sin is a problem. We all have sin. All of sin and fallen short of God's standard. And, you know, for me, after many years walking with Jesus, I kind of like... The, the heart of this beatitude is about our attitude towards sin and how we do, what we do with that and how we can be blessed when we approach it the right way. And so what I want to do is I want to share just three quick thoughts with you guys. And, if, and it's around what I've observed in my own life and as in the life, my life as a pastor about how we deal with sin and how we treat sin in our lives. And, and I want to round it off by helping us to align our lives with what God really calls blessed. So the first one is this, I can glorify my sin. It's what we sometimes do with sin. I can glorify it. I've spent many years uh, as a leader training people and teaching people how to write and share their testimonies, their stories about God, right? And so what, what we do is we get people in a room and leaders and people wanting to learn how to do this, and we, we kind of give them a bit of a roadmap for how to write their testimony. So we start with the BC, the before Jesus, before Christ. What was life like before Christ? Everyone's got a BC days. Like, you're, you're before Christ. And then the next part is like your encounter moment. Like, when did you meet Jesus and how did you meet him? And like, what happened in that, that place in that moment? So you've got your BC and then you've got your encounter moment and then you've got your AD. Like life after that moment. What's life like now following Jesus? And it's cool because people start to write it down and then they, we get them to share it with one another or share it with a bigger group. And often what happens is um, like the first person gets up and they start sharing about their BC. And they go, you know, when I was, before I knew Jesus, you know, I used, to, I used to gossip a lot. And then the next person gets up, and it's almost like they've got to one-up the other person's BC. Well, well, before I knew Jesus, I used to gossip a lot, and I once stole a pencil. And then the next person gets up and goes, oh, well, I used to gossip a lot, and then I once stole a pencil, and then I pushed over a toddler. And then, and then the next person gets up and goes, oh man, I gossiped all the time and I once stole a whole pencil case and pushed over a grandma holding a toddler. Like they just, it's like, 
It's like as you, as you go, the BC gets longer and longer and longer. And you're just like, we're trying to outdo each other's sin. And like, almost like we're glorifying the life that we used to have. Like I was so bad and it was so this and so that. You know, I'm 40 now. And so my mates and I, when we get together, we, we start to, you know, yarn about the good old days. Oh man, the good old days when we used to do this and that. We love to talk about the good old days. And I think about growing up here in East Auckland and about the good old days in East Auckland, like I remember the good old days when the milk truck used to come in the mornings and like the milk boy would run off the back of the truck and drop the glass milk bottles at your, at your doorstep. Some of you are old enough to know you had to go get the cow and get the milk that way. It was, uh, the, I remember the good old days when there was only two TV channels and no remote control. Some of you remember the good old days when there was no TV. Uh, I remember the good old days when, when, when a lemonade popsicle cost you 20 cents at the dairy. Those are the good old days. I remember the good old days when there was a Georgie pie in Highland Park. Wow. I remember the good old days when the Pakaranga Plaza actually had shops. <laughs> I don't know if you, I'm not sure what's going on there. Just. Good old days, the good old days. The truth is we can, we can carry a similar attitude towards sin, where it's like our BC was like the good old days oh man, when I could do this and do that, and I didn't have any rules and didn't have any restrictions and I could do whatever. And, and, but, but I want to encourage you, remember that, that there's a reason you came to Jesus because the good old days weren't actually that good. And, and what we do is if we, if we start to glorify our sin and glorify sin, what can happen is we fall into this trap of glorifying uh, this glorification of what our lives used to be. And what happens is this leads to an attitude uh, this will come up on the screen. This attitude leads to a longing for sin and grace becoming a burden. That's what happens. Oh, yeah, I'd love to go and do that, but grace. Oh, I, yeah, I'd love to, but grace. Like, I'm, I'd love to still be doing that. Oh, man, that was it. But now I've got grace. And so rather than being a comfort to us, God's grace takes a form of legalism and our faith becomes about all the things we can't do. Oh, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And we, we look at those around us who are sinning and we almost wish for their life. And, and we, we also become reluctant to share the gospel because it's, we see this as a burden rather than a blessing. I'm speaking some truth today. And I want to encourage you, if you really want to live the blessed life God has for you, stop glorifying your sin. Because blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Lifted. Stop glorifying your sin. Second thing is this, we can guard our sin. We can glorify it. We can guard it. Uh, for many years, I was actually, my, my ministry journey started as being the youth pastor here in the Botany campus. So for many years, I, I, I did that. There's so many here today whose either kids were in that ministry or came through with us and were leaders with us. And it was an amazing, amazing time. But as the, as the youth pastor here, my job every time we had our annual national conference, we, uh, we'd, we host our national Elam conference here every year. And my job as the youth pastor was to guard the, the speakers who are sitting on the front row and protect them from the hordes of teenagers who would run down the front whenever worship would start in, an, in a session. And so you've got these highly caffeinated, very smelly, not showered for three days, like 
underdeveloped prefrontal lobes, lack of spatial awareness, coordination of limbs that is significantly lacking, who run down the front, and we've got our 70-year-old guest speaker from the United Kingdom standing on the front row, and my job was to stop the armpits getting in his face and the the foot from squashing his toe or the elbow from digging into his ribs because these teenagers were mental and they just like, like they had no control over anything and no spatial awareness and no uh, concept of personal space. They were just like, yeah. And and now that's a beautiful thing that teenagers, uh, it's a beautiful thing to the Lord that teenagers want to come down and worship Him. But it's not a beautiful thing to the 70-year-old British man with an armpit in his face. So here I am. Get back. Don't touch them. Not that there's anything like special about them. I just want to make sure that they go home with a nice experience. Like, just, I'm like, I'm, stay away. Just, I'm just guarding these people along the way, right? Do you know that's often how we treat sin in our life? We guard it. We protect it. We're like, don't touch it. I know it's there, but just don't touch it. I know I've got this thing in my life, but don't touch it. And like, God like, wants to move, and God wants to heal you, and God wants to set you free. And, and you come to church, you might hear a sermon, or in worship, you feel convicted, and you're like, no, don't touch it. No, 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 this, this, like, we just keep protecting our sin. And when we guard our sin, we keep it a secret. We don't want people to know about it. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins to God, He's faithful to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we confess one to another, we, we, we get healed in that place of confession. But we often, we're like guarding it. No, just don't touch it. And sometimes we even like become dependent on it. Like it's a state, like a coping mechanism. And the truth is that for some of us, sin has become our comfort rather than the grace of God. So now we find comfort in our sin. A hard day, had this go on, this go on. So we default to something that is not a blessing. The blessing comes from the, the grace of God's, uh, the, God's forgiveness, lifting that from your life. And we all do this from time to time because facing sin is hard and it's confronting and it's difficult. So rather we tolerate it, we guard it, we just, and then we start to justify it. Like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, it's, at least I'm not killing people. Like on the scale of zero to 100, I'm probably a four. You know, like it's, I know it's not good, but it could be worst. I'm, I'm better than most. Uh, like, I, I know it's a little bit of gossip, but I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll disguise it as a prayer need. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but we should pray for Julie. <laughs> She's going through a lot. Like what? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Like it's, it's only a little bit of this. It's like not, it's not the worst thing I could do. Like watching this thing on my computer is better than actually cheating on my wife. We justify it. We make excuses for our sin. Oh, it's because of my background. It's because of my trauma. It's because of the way I was brought up. It's my personality. We make excuses for our sins. Like, can I say, if you are angry, arrogant, and rude, that's not a personality trait. That's a sin trait. <laughs> we guard our sin. So what happens is this attitude, it leads to a tolerance of sin and an abuse of grace. An abuse of grace. And the Bible is clear that grace is not a license to sin. It's not like, hey, I've got grace, so I can just do whatever the heck I want because I've got 
God's grace. That's an abuse of grace. And I want to encourage you, if you really want to live blessed, stop guarding your sin and actually bring it into the light with God and maybe with some other people. And maybe at the end of the service, like we have a prayer team and they are, they are the least judgmental people you'll ever meet on the planet. And they love to serve in that area because God healed them in that process too. And so I want to encourage you just to come, have a conversation, get some prayer. Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sin and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Wow. Wow. Ben, you guys can come. Jesus teaches. Here's, here's, the, here's the final thought, and here's the kind of the kicker on this all. Jesus teaches that real blessing comes not when we glorify our sin and not when we guard it and we hold on to protect it, but actually when we grieve our sin, when we mourn it. Blessed are those who mourn. We have a, a couple of child, like, sponsored children in our family. So we, we, we've always, Bex and I, even before uh, we were married, we, we sponsored children um, it, just through different organizations, and we send money every week. And, um, but we have another sponsored child in our family. It, it's called City Fitness. <laughs> we send it money every week. We sometimes get correspondence from it. We have like a little picture of it on our fridge. And, um, but we don't, we don't ever visit. Um, I don't, you might have a similar sponsor child. Jets. Les Mills. You name it. Ours is City Fitness. And the reason we have a sponsor child called City Fitness is because my wife refuses to work out with me. Refuses. Shh, on the front row. <laughs> I've, I've already exposed your sin, don't get yourself any deeper. <laughs> she refuses to work out with me. So rather than coming to my gym with me, she chose to get a gym as far away from mine as possible. And so sh we sponsor City Fitness. And the reason is because the occasion, occasions that she has come and done a workout with me, she's hated me. And she's hated the workout. And she has grieved showing up to that workout. And she's made it very clear to me how grieved she is and how much she is mourning her decision to show up to that. And I, in turn, am also grieving inviting her. So please, please pray for our marriage. We'll get halfway through a workout, and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's the words. I'm not going, I don't want to do that anymore. When we grieve our sin, when we mourn our sin, it's not that we're missing it. It's that we no longer want it in our lives. Like, I'm grieved that that's still there. It grieves my heart that I've still got that thing. I'm mourning this wrong in my life and I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore because sin doesn't lead me to life. It doesn't. And what that does is it leads us to this biblical concept called repentance. And repentance is like, for some people when they hear that, it's like this heavy negative word. Repent. 
Turn or burn. Repent. But repentance is one of the most beautiful words in all Scripture. It's one of the most powerful, beautiful, life-giving words. Repentance means to turn away from something and turn to something. It's not just turning away. It's to turn away from something and turn towards something. And in a biblical context, that means I'm going to turn away from the wrong. I'm, gr- I'm grieving that. Like I'm, it grieves my heart that that's all there. And I'm, I'm in a place of like mourning. I just don't want that anymore in my life. So the action out of that mourning, because mourning is a public display of grief. So grief is the internal feeling. Mourning is the public display. And so the public display of that is to turn. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change. By the power of God, I'm going to change, and I'm going to turn away from that thing, and I'm going to turn to God. And in repentance, in a biblical sense, it's actually not just a turning to God, it's a returning to God's original design for you. It's a returning. So this attitude leads to a repentance of sin and the comfort and blessing of grace. Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. I wonder, I wonder in a room this full of people, where you're at with this problem of sin today. Maybe you're still in that place of glorifying it, and it's like, man, if I just didn't have God's grace, I would be free to do what I want to do, and you're seeing it as a burden. Maybe you're in a place where you're guarding it. It's like, yeah, God, have my life. Not that, but God, I want you to use me. Just don't touch that. Maybe you're guarding. Maybe it's like a coping thing. Maybe you're protecting it in your life. And, and that's causing you to, you know, fall in this trap of, of legalism, but also abusing grace. Where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter because I've just still got lots of grace. But maybe today God's heart and God's call for us as we go on this journey to get closer to Him and align with Him through the series called The Beatitudes, that maybe God is asking you to come to that place of, you know what, God, I don't want this anymore. What I want is your blessing. And the blessing of God comes when those who, are say, who realize their need for God actually realize, I can't live the way I'm living anymore. I need to change. I need to turn from this. And I need to turn to what God has for me. And this is what's amazing. This is Pentecost Sunday. One of, the, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter, for they shall be comforted. The Comforter, right? And so when you turn from that old way and you turn, return to God and you turn away from that sin in your life, there is this infilling of the Holy Spirit that actually brings a, a comfort and a grace and a forgiveness like you've never experienced before. This lifting of the burden, but also an empowering to go and live for Him. Now, I'd love to pray for us as a church. Can I invite everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes? I, I really want to challenge and encourage you to begin to step into the life that God calls blessed. And blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sin and repent. For they will be comforted 
when the burden of sin is lifted. Father, I pray for every single person here today. Lord, if we are in a place where we are maybe living in a glorification of our sin, and we're yet to really fully understand the enormity and the power and the beauty of your grace, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd help us, Lord. Help us to live free from that stuff. If we're guarding our sin, Lord, help us to bring it into the light that we would be free and healed and forgiven and that we would know your blessing in our lives. And Lord, I pray for each of us, I really do. Lord, for any in this room who are struggling with sin and and, and friend, as I'm praying, if you are struggling with sin, like it's all good. Like it's okay. There's not one person in this room who has not battled with sin. And and I wanna encourage you, today is the day to find the blessing of God, forgiveness, refreshing, as you turn today from your sin and experience the comfort God has for you when the burden of that sin is lifted from you. 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so God, I pray, give us the heart to say, I'll follow after you, turning from the sin in my life and going after the life you have for me. Lord, today we turn from sin and we turn towards you. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.